pop quiz, content creator hotshots. What's the second most popular search engine behind Google? If you said YouTube, you get a gold star. And because you're listening to this episode of Mediavine on air, you also get this episode loaded with tips on how to grow your own YouTube channel. I'm your host, Jenny Guy, and I was originally joined by culinary media entrepreneur Billy Parisi for this Teal Talk episode in spring 2021. He's amassed over 250,000 followers on his channel with his strategies and also started a video production company, so you won't want to miss his take on welcome videos, thumbnails, titles, and more. If you want to see how Billy does it, we've got the links to his YouTube channel and more in the show notes. And speaking of YouTube channels, have you subscribed to Mediavines yet? All of our lives and old conference sessions are there, plus two exclusive series from our CEO that will take both your SEO and ad revenue to the next level. But for now, let's go with Billy and YouTube. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation, from SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Hi, happy Thursday. <laughs> it's May 20th, and that means it is time for another episode of Teal Talk. I am your host, Jenny Guy, and believe it or not... It is rapidly approaching Memorial Day weekend and the official start of summer. Does anyone have big plans for next weekend? Does anyone have anything exciting going on? Lake, cookouts, tell us about it. Are our summer bods ready? More importantly, are we doing, do we care about that anymore? Personally, I am in camp so happy that vaccinations are readily available and normal things are slowly beginning to happen again. And that's all that matters to me. Summer bod or not. I'm just very, I'm happy about it. But I did get, I did purchase some sunless tanner just to cover my bases. Try to be, you know, a little normal. See, that's normal for me. Uh, I'm translucent. I did eat at a restaurant the last couple of weeks. Almost cried. Um, went to the dentist and it was practically a religious experience. And and don't get me wrong. I'm in no way saying that everything is peachy keen and COVID is over. I know that's not true at all. But compared to the wasteland of last summer, it feels pretty nice to have a little more security and a little bit of hope and all of those things. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but if you're just joining us again, it is Thursday, May 20th. I'm Jenny Guy, the host of Teal Talk, and I would love to hear if you have plans for Memorial Day. And like it or not, the truth is the year is flying by and with it, potentially many of our goals that we set for ourselves in January. I don't know if you're a January goal setter, but it's almost halfway through the year. And I find no shame here. I congratulate all of us for just surviving. But if one of your goals for 2021 was to grow your YouTube channel, or even if you're just a little YouTube curious, today's episode is absolutely for you. We have got Billy Parisi, and he's here to share all his top tips, plus a very special offer for anyone who is ready to uh, up their video game. So let's meet Billy. Billy, welcome to Teal Talk. Hey. hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. It's great to see you too. Okay, I'm going to read your highly impressive bio so that we can all be highly impressed. Ready? Here we go. Branching out into the digital and social landscape after 15 years as a chef in the culinary industry, Billy Parisi is a true culinary media entrepreneur. His work has been seen on network television, online with unique views in the millions, as well as across new and emerging media channels. His company, Billy Parisi Media and Visual Culture Inc., is a boutique digital and social agency specializing in cooking, food and beverage content creation, that is proven through experience and analytics. Very impressive. Hi, 
Jane. I'm humbled. Okay, if you have questions about YouTube, we have some that we were gathering in the group and on the public Facebook page. But if you have questions for Billy or me, drop them in the comments. We will get them filtered. But to start out with, I have a question for you, those everyone out there watching, coming in. Do you have a favorite YouTube <laughs> blogger? And if so, do they also have a blog that you follow? I'm curious to find out how that works. Drop them in there. Give us some pointers. Billy, mm. let's start at the top, though. Okay. Tell us about your journey from chef to content creator, videographer, and the growth of your own YouTube channel. I got in the restaurant industry when I was 13, probably not legal, but my dad's buddy owned a restaurant and I started yes. dishwashing, uh, worked my way up, loved, loved all things culinary, went to culinary school, graduated, spent four years professionally in the industry, hated it at the end, went mm -hmm. back to college at the University of Missouri, changed my degrees completely to a major in communications and an emphasis in video production. Yes. And upon graduation, I'm like, just praying, like, please don't touch food. And then within a month, I was taking pictures and shooting video inside of a restaurant. I'm like, okay, it's nine to five, though. I'm not I'm not working, you know, 80 hours a week. So there's there's maybe something to this. I, I would love to tell you, but I won't. I'll let you do the search because I wish it was stricken from the record. But I had some uh, interesting people come front and center in 2008 about a possible idea online. Will not tell you the name of it. You can search okay. for it yourself. And we started launching a YouTube back then in um, end of 2008, and we found some success there. Uh, unfortunately, when the recession happened, 2009, it was something we had to scrap. And I started putting videos on in 2009, 2010. My whole thought process was, I'm going to throw videos out there. Everyone's going to see them. I'm going to get millions of views. It's going to skyrocket. Yeah. Even though I was consistent, I never really had that story. I struggled, struggled, struggled until probably the summer of 2019, to be completely honest with you. And I mean, my full credit to my success or anything I've done on YouTube, I always say goes to Tim Schmoyer's class, Video Labs, that I took um, a couple summers ago. And then not only transformed my YouTube channel, but transformed uh, my brand and kind of who I am as a blogger and really put my stake in the ground. So once I took his class and and really put all those things into practice, I was gung-ho about it too. You know, I wanted real-time data. So I up my videos every week so I could see all of my stats and, and kind of perform real-time uh, like, um, uh, what do I want to say? Like applications to my next video so I could just go. So I wasn't shooting three months out. I was shooting a couple times a week for the next week. So when I saw the data, what needs to be changed, I change it. And then I'd be able to, you know, go the next week and see what that looked like and so on and so forth. So anything that, uh, I even, I feel like that I even know that I've been successful and I, I've watched so much, so many YouTube videos on how to be a successful blogger. And this was for sure the one that stuck with me. And the whole time, I always say it, and if you've ever been in video labs, this will almost be like a mini refresher course for you. But going through it, I kept thinking, this is so dumb. This is not, no way this is gonna work. And then whoop, like you just see it. And it's it was absolutely incredible to watch. So everyone don't worry about having those links because when this is over, um, Billy's put some great notes in a PowerPoint that we're going to drop in and it also has the link to everything he's talking about. So no worries about trying to grab those links. We'll have those. You said that you had been posting content to YouTube since about 2009-ish, mm -hmm. but yeah. you didn't really see success until 2019. Yeah. What, how, how do your blog and your YouTube exist in harmony and tandem? Do they help each other? Yeah, uh, for sure. So there's definitely a school of thought. Um, and a lot of YouTubers, you notice, don't have blogs. You know, that's yeah. where it's pretty, pretty unique uh, for Mediavine specific. And I would say the most successful YouTubers that are especially, you know, for me in the food world, 
don't have blogs at all. Um, and I think that's why they found so much success on YouTube because I think there's a different personality there. I think there is the content is different in the food world. I'm most likely, you know, trying to fill a gap or um, be a part of a specific food series or okay. um, just based on research. Hey, here's the recipe I'm going to do today. So I've operated that way, but I think you know, grounding myself in some sort of foundational principles from my YouTube channel has helped me find success where it feeds, you know, it feeds to my blog and feeds off of my blog. And I, and I want those to work together. However, this is the most important thing I will tell you. You have to consider and think about YouTube being its own channel. It is not a blog extension. It is nothing of the sort. We all talk about diversification of income and you have to keep it and think of it as that. Uh, people on YouTube need to stay on YouTube. YouTube doesn't want people clicking off to go to your blog. They want people staying there. So treat it as its own channel. Just start there. And I promise you, you'll think differently and start having more success over there as well. Less as a funnel towards your website, more as an extension of your brand. For sure. In both 100%. Directions. Okay. 100%. Uh, have you seen your YouTube success help you in terms of your brand on the, on the website? Oh yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Because there are several times where people will pop onto my site or I might drop my website when I'm talking, hey, maybe I didn't make it in the recipe video, but I pull out some corn tortillas and I mentioned, hey, I have a great recipe of corn tortillas. Here's my website. And you can use those little eye cards that sort of pop up right here on the corner. They can click it and bounce off. But it's also the ability to you know, take those videos and embed them through Mediavine's video player uh, into my website and specific page, or even leveraging the YouTube video player in the video card, or excuse me, in the recipe card at the bottom. So, And it doesn't have to be obviously recipe specific, whatever your blog niche is, DIY travel, whatever it may be. Do you do, well, I'm going to go back into my order of questions because I, I can okay. just spiral off into a million things. So what sure. YouTube channels inspire you and how do you use that inspiration on your own channel? One thing, one guy that I love on food, and it's probably because I'm going to be 40 this year and I think he's 25. I love Joshua Weissman. The dude cracks me up. He reminds, he's, he's who I was like 15 years ago. And I just, I'm just not, I'm married and have a kid these days. So I'm not as, you know, not that you're not cool and fun, but you know what I'm saying? I got different responsibilities these days, yeah. you know? Um, love Weissman. I've always loved binging with Babish and um, his voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, th those guys to me push me in the personality recipe creation area. And I love, you know, from a beauty standpoint, it's probably because he's a professional photographer and videographer, Peter McKinnon. When I just watch his videos, I'm just like, gosh, it's beautiful. Um, everything he does. And even um, some good friends of mine who have a very popular YouTube channel, Mango Street, they pretty much. How do I say this? They, they, whoever has a specific style, they show you how to replicate that style through Adobe Premiere, Lightroom, Photoshop. Very cool channel, but it's beautiful. So I always try to think, what's my personality? Who am I? And how do I couple that with, how do I make this video look as beautiful as possible? So let's carry that into Mango Street sounds like an amazing resource. Just yeah, it's to cool. say that. Like, it's super to, cool. To, to replicate those styles. But okay, so what are the questions that every content creator and most of most of who's watching here have their website? So you're coming from a website, you have an established a couple of established niches, maybe one, you have your content, you have a brand at some point in your in your journey. Sure. What are the questions they need to ask themselves as they work on their YouTube channel? Yeah, I think number one is why would anyone watch your content? You have to ask yourself that, like, what makes me unique? 
And why does someone want to watch it? And then two, and this is very Video Labs, Tim Schmoyer-esque, is what value are you providing? Like, what are you, what are you giving these folks that um, is different or that is going to help them? I, I, honestly, it's just, it's just as simple as that. Um, and then think of it as why would someone buy from you? Why are they choosing to buy from you over someone else? Very, very helpful. And then also then getting into your audience. Do you need to get granular about who's watching? Do we need, I mean, I, I, as a marketer, as a person who works in digital marketing, I hear the term avatar constantly. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about the James Cameron film. We're talking about the person who is, who do you want to watch your channel? Do you use that in terms of content development? Yeah. And I think that's evolved for me. One is I've obviously gotten older and my, my life, you know, has changed dramatically. Sure. I've moved in the last year. So things are different. And the reason people gravitate towards a YouTube channel and hit that, that subscribe button is like the holy grail to some yeah. people, right? Like they'll like it, you know, for me, I have no shame. I'll, I'll ask anyone to be my friend on LinkedIn because maybe I'll get something in the end, but that YouTube <laughs> subscription, like you need to, you need to really sell me and I want to be dedicated to you, you know, because obviously you're offering me something that I can't get anywhere else. So I literally, listed out who is the exact person that I'm talking to. And for me, you know, I, I'm stuck in a range of 25 to 65, but more specifically people that already know how to cook, um, who enjoy cooking, and I'm teaching them how to hone skills. Um, they okay. live in a certain area. They, you know, they have a family, you know, all these nitty gritty details. I think it's incredibly important because you're, you're replicating yourself and who you're talking to. No, no one's 80 and talks to an 18 year old, you know, in a YouTube video, you're, you're talking to yourself or there might be some, Oh my gosh, that reminds me of my grandpa, whatever, you know, but for the most part, your biggest audience are going to, are going to be you. They, they want to relate to you. They want to relate to your experiences that you have. And I know they always say, you know, be authentic, be vulnerable. YouTube, there is no better place to do that because that's where people get a chance to see the real you. So you're thinking about that audience, you're draining it down. You think, largely, but, but some of the key things that I heard you say were one, you're not talking to people who are beginning cooks. You're not talking to people that you're trying to sell them on the concept of cooking. That's an immediate divider right there instantly yeah. is that you're now yeah. talking to people that are more experienced, which is going to cut down your audience space. Is that a <laughs> thing to be scared of? No, I think that's an opportunity for, for, to me, for growth. Like I said, YouTube, YouTube food is what would make yeah. you want to subscribe to this person well, one, because I already know how to cook and this guy can clearly cook. So he's teaching me how to be better at my skills. What if, and I also want to, you know, be able to be applicable to someone who is just starting off and needs basic skills. There is a part of that, but my, my niche focus is people who love to cook, people who already have a solid foundation on how to cook and how to grow that. So once you define whatever your niche is, you could be a 30 minute meal person. You could be um, basic culinary, not even culinary basics, but oh my gosh, I just graduated from college. Here I am. People grow up from 14 to 18 sure. into 22. You'll, you're you're constantly going to refeed your, your audience just based on time evolving. So um, it doesn't have to be, you know, you, you you can't be all things to all people. And that's something you learn big time on YouTube as well, because I would say this, they they say once you hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, you get a plaque, right? And they say you should yeah. get that plaque and a psychologist because the trolling <laughs> is another is another level on YouTube than you've, than you've ever seen. Beyond Facebook, beyond Instagram, it is 
people will pierce your soul on YouTube. And it's something you're just going to have to deal with. Thank gosh, I spent 15 years in the restaurant industry and not too much really bothers me anymore. But it it you'll you'll get it. But that's a good thing. Having trolls is a good thing because it lets people know that you stand for something. And when you build up that audience, your audience will will get, you don't even have to do nothing. You just sit back because people are like, then don't watch. He's not for you. He's for us. You know. How dare you? His tortillas are amazing. Yeah. Back off. Okay. Everyone out there watching, to fill in. Do you already have a YouTube channel? Tell us. Do you have one? What are your struggles with them? Post it in there in the comments right now, Billy. So we we've talked about what kind of value you're delivering. We've talked about thinking of your channel as a product. We've identified the audience and niching down to the people you want to talk to. Yeah. What are the three things that spell success for a video on YouTube? Audience engagement, uh, watch time, and emotional connection. So audience engagement, people liking, sharing, commenting, watch time. What's the retention rate? Are they watching through all the video, most of the video, are they dropping off at the beginning, in the middle, knowing what that is? And to me, emotional connection. And that one's probably, I would say, you know, for on a personal level, when you watch something that just tugs at your your memory or your heart or whatever, of course, you're just, you're glued, you're sucked in. Think of all the shows you binge watch and on Netflix or any other, any other channel. It's the same way. But if you can get people in an emotional connection to you, I mean, you are sold. They are lifelong subscribers. And to me, that that could almost be number one. You get that off the bat. Um, oh, you're golden. Okay. How do you get it? <laughs> how do you get it? Oh, gosh. I wish there was this perfect do this exactly yeah. and you will grow. But, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with that value kind of that you provide. And one of the things Tim is really good at teaching is, and I know his class has changed, so he doesn't do this too much anymore. So this is Video Labs years ago. And he talks about that value proposition. And that took me years to figure out who I am, what do I believe, what's my culinary point of view, so to speak. And once I started saying that in my videos, people just started repeating it in the commentary. Like it was crazy. It was wow. these little things that work. It was that emotional connection, but it's also storytelling. That is a huge, huge piece of it, telling stories. And that's something I struggle with. I don't have a story about every recipe that I've ever created. I mean, most of y'all don't either. That's why we used to write crazy blogs with this wild story about how at 3 p.m. I was frolicking in the field with wine and cheese <laughs> and I decided to make this elegant recipe. No, 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 no. A lot of it's made up, right? I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not pulling any chains here. So I think, you know, having that value proposition, what are you delivering? And you can tell them, especially when you're starting off, tell them who you are and what you believe. And I don't do it too much anymore in my videos since my sort of subscriptions have grown. But I, for a long time, I told them, here's who I am. Here's what I believe. And here's how I'm going to help you achieve those things. And then, yeah, that, that emotional connection. Some of my most popular videos are when I start talking about um, a specific recipe that I've made with my, with my grandma or my dad or anything like that, because that tugs at that, at the memory and those emotional heartstrings, you know, where people are like, I had that same experience with my aunt or my mom or my brother, or my sister. And that's what really sucks people in. And that's something that takes work. It takes reps. YouTube to me has been the absolute hardest channel to grow by far out of any other social channel because it takes so much work and so much um, tweaking. You can put a picture up on Facebook and it might take off, but no one knows the story behind that. They want, they want the recipe, right? They click the link. 
when you're on camera and you are being vulnerable to people and sort of exposing everyone, here's who I'm not exposing, but you know what I'm saying? Here's who I am. <laughs> exposing <laughs> your inner, inner your feelings on. and thoughts, yes. please. This is a different word. Yeah. It's a different, it's not only fans. It's a different channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, letting people know, putting your guard down, here's who I am and here's what I'm about. I think that just, that just immediately connects with you and ask, ask yourself the folks that you follow on YouTube. Why do you follow them? Obviously those same things. Fantastic. All helpful. Okay. So we've got some, we've got some comments from our, from our okay. audience. One is, um, I do have a YouTube channel. I'm on a break. Making videos are a lot of work. Growth on YouTube has been really slow and steady for me. Haven't really been able to get anything to kick off. I have a Hawaiian food channel. That sounds mm. awesome. It does sound awesome. That. Yeah, for sure. I want Hawaiian food now. Um, filming, editing, posting, all of those things take up a lot of time. Um, so you said something interesting that I want to isolate because I'm not sure that we're all on the same page. You said it takes a lot of reps. Yeah. What the heck are you talking about? Yeah, it takes a, it, it takes a lot of videos, honestly, and tweaking of those videos. Uh, if I, you can do your searches yourself, the very first video I've ever created, I wish was completely stricken from the Internet, but it's out there. Okay, it's out there and it's so bad and I was terrible, I, but I learned, you have to learn. I And a lot of that comes through looking at analytics afterwards and how that video performed, but you, you have to learn your own workflow. You have to, and once you start doing more, it does get easier and you will start um, saving time because you know that, oh my gosh, my setup time is quicker. Uh, this recipe is faster. I know what my voiceover is going to be. Like, once you start you know, doing more of those things, it will get easier and it will get quicker, but it, it is, it is, you know, it does take time. And I think, think about this, think of the most beautiful movie you've ever seen. No one put that together in one month. No one put that together in two months. In fact, it probably took over a year, maybe even two years sometime. I think Titanic took two years to film. Like, so these things take a lot of time to create. When I first started really getting more involved with food video, I always would tell myself like, this is hard and it sucks. Like, gosh, dang it, it's hard. It's so time consuming. And then I would always tell myself like, man, anything that is really good does take time and anything worth doing is worth doing right. Like I would just constantly repeat those, repeat those things to myself. And it's, and it, it does it, it will pay off. But I also want to say this, one thing that I've learned and working in, I've worked uh, in corporate America on the branded side of businesses. I've been on million dollar shoots. And guess what? A lot of times those million dollar shoots rented, render 2000 views on YouTube. Guess what? I've seen a 65 year old woman in her basement with a phone camera get 5 million views. So the production value and quality is one thing, but it's definitely not the main thing. So if you are constantly stressed out about this doesn't look perfect, I don't have the right angle, the right view, th that will come with reps and with time. So how do you practice? How do yeah. you fix, how do you get yourself better at it? Yeah. Well, getting in front of camera and doing it. I mean, that's okay. the biggest thing, pressing record. You know, I remember when I when I uh, decided to go to the video production route at the University of Missouri, we have a huge journalism school. And my buddy um, who was at that J school, he's like, you just got to take the camera out and start shooting it. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I got it. I would drive around and hang my camera out the window. I would go to the park and shoot a leaf or a bug or, a, or an animal, whatever it was. It's just getting comfortable with that camera so that it's second nature of, okay, I need to focus. I need to white balance. I need to hit record, go. 
You know, if you're not comfortable with that camera, first of all, operating it, it's going to make this a heck of a lot harder. But it also just takes doing, you know, do it two and three times a week. I know that seems like a lot and it takes a lot of time, but it will get easier and easier. And a lot of bloggers and a lot of YouTubers, they bulk shoot. I'm not saying you should do that. And you probably shouldn't do that at the beginning because the worst thing you do is shoot 20 videos that no one likes. And they that's why, yeah, that's why I always try to shoot one, two, three um, in a week so that I can get some real-time data to see, oh gosh, that didn't work too well, or I spoke way too long at the beginning, or I didn't talk long enough about this because I obviously got a lot of questions about something. So it teach it, you just learn, and you ch I'm still evolving. I think I'll I'll hit around 220,000 subscribers, you know, sometime this week if I'm not there. I don't know, I don't check it all the time, but that it takes, it just has, and I'm still tweaking it, you know, until I get to that million or 10 million. It's constant changing, but it's reps. I'm constantly doing it every single week. You also never stop in any kind of content development or any kind of, you can't stop in blogging. You can't, you have to keep evolving. That's not, yeah. it's definitely something as the technology yeah. evolves, as you evolve as a human. And, ad and adapting equipment changes, things change, settings change, food changes. I mean, all those things you have to take, uh, you know, into consideration, but don't stress out about them either. You know, uh, again, start shooting, just start shooting anything if you're not comfortable with shooting and plan on maybe those first few videos not going live okay edit them private edit them watch them and be like oh my gosh i messed that up i messed that up that looks terrible oh that looks really good i'll, I'll save that for the next time and learn and grow i mean that's can you tell i'm italian all i do is talk to my hands yeah just practice and and that's what i mean by getting reps and and just doing it okay so in terms of i i one of the things i've heard and a lot of people are commenting on this they have smaller follow followings they're concerned because they're not growing but they also don't have time to blend it with creating their regular content so can you talk about a workflow that incorporates shooting video with shooting photography with recipe development like how do you get it all in yeah it's it's a lot it's a full it's a, almost a full day whatever recipe that i'm creating um, and that could be one that I'm redoing, filling a gap, part of a series, whatever it is. I decide on what that recipe is. I create a video for it. When the video is done shooting, I take pictures of it. Then I go edit my video. It is as simple as that. There's no perfect dreamy workflow that I can tell you. The hard part is if you're bulk shooting it, you know, because you can only shoot so much unless you have set up all artificial light, you have blackout shades, no lighting changes. You could go all hours of the night if you want to and it also depends on what style of video you're doing are you doing a you know your basic top-down tasty style are you shooting more lifestyle on camera show style video production which takes time but again youtube has you have to think of youtube as a separate channel and it can work with your blog and it does work well with my blog but you also have to consider that it is its own entity and you have to grow it as such you can't think of oh my gosh, my YouTube needs to point to my blog. My blog needs, I mean, your blog can point to YouTube all day long. I mean, honestly, if you click videos on my website, it actually goes to my YouTube playlist. It doesn't even go to a videos link on my website. Uh, we've got a question from Sherelle, the yeah. Hawaiian food blogger, which yeah. I definitely want to go um, for sure. her food. How many hours a day do you spend on a video? Oh, how many hours do you spend on a video and blog post generally? Yeah, well, it depends on the recipe. And, um, I can, you know, if I'm doing sourdough, it's like a two day affair. But if it, let's just say it's your basic one hour meal, it usually takes me in between three to four hours to shoot everything. Sometimes less, sometimes two, two and a half. That includes um, talking to camera in my style, all the B-roll, everything that I possibly need. Uh, once I'm done with, and then let me back up. So when I shoot a recipe on video, 
I shoot all my B-roll first. I shoot the recipe in its entirety, close, medium, wide shots, whatever it is, my hands working. I do all of that. Then when that's over, I sit down on camera. I'm at a, a medium shot. I'm sitting at my this table that I'm at right now, which you'll see in my latest YouTube videos. And I do an intro. I talk a little bit about the recipe and I do an outro. Then um, then I'll shoot the, the pictures that I need for my YouTube still, for the website. And then I will go and edit everything together. And then I'll voice over all of that wonderful B-roll that I shot and talk through it in steps of what I did. And then I'll take, I mean, I'll take screenshots and then I'll write the blog post and then I'll edit the pictures. And then I'll take screenshots in the video because I like to do step-by-step -step images in my blog post too, just in case someone doesn't have time to watch the video. And then I'll, I'll put those in as well. It is tedious. It's not easy. And especially when you're doing it by yourself, trust me, I get it. I am right there with you. There's nothing that I'm holding back. It's just it is hard and it is a process. You just have to figure out what your process is, how to save time and how to do it as efficiently as possible. Now it sounds like it's all part and parcel. The recipe comes with the video, they come together. But when, if you were starting out a YouTube channel, how did you choose the recipes from your blog that you felt would perform the best on YouTube? Was that a trial and error? Did you find any hidden things that like this recipe is going to crush it on YouTube? Yeah, well, it's funny. All the recipes that I thought would crush it didn't. All the recipes I thought sucked killed it. So it's it's go go figure. You know that's Fair. just how it works. All the ones that I spend so much time on, like this is going to be amazing, and it and it just didn't perform up to standards. You know, for me personally and my blog, um, I had a lot of like um, immersion recipes of taking you know taking southern food and combining it with Italian food. So I didn't have a core staple of, well, geez, what is my take on lasagna? You know, I didn't have those basic, what's my take on stir fry? What's my take from my professional culinary experience on a lot of your everyday recipes? And that, that is how I, and that's how I started, like when I sort of reinvented myself back in 2019 and started pushing it out there. I wanted them to look a certain way. Um, I wanted my recipes to be approachable. And then even when we got in the COVID era, I wanted to provide as many substitutions as possible because you just couldn't get certain things, you know, and that was very, I would say during COVID, I mean, probably like many of y'all bloggers, you saw a big time increase in clicks and views. Um, we've got a compliment now that says on your site now, Billy, and your photos are so beautiful. Oh, you are very kind. Do you think it is necessary to create a channel or a welcome video? I, I do. You know, that lets people know exactly out of the gate who you are. And you can always point people to that video. I actually even use that video on my about me because there's so much history. I have pictures of uh, my you're about me on your blog and on my on blog. Your yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Because it's so much about who I am. And like I said, that course was game changing for me because it, it made me it grounded me and said, this is who I am. This is what I believe from a culinary standpoint, because I never had that on my blog. I never had, you know, slow cooker man you know all i make is i didn't have a What's your name? Yeah, yeah right slow cooker man so i didn't have a you know a a foundation of here's who i am and here's what i believe and now you'll see it it's a, it's it's included at my name on the top it says cooking techniques and homemade recipes i go in and i expand upon that in my youtube video so people really understand here's what i am and here's what i'm creating i knew we'd get questions about this we yeah. have a question from facebook we have a question here okay. and it's going to tie into another question we've got people asking vicky says how do you get people to click through to your blog do you use the youtube video links on your blog or mediavine videos we also had a question from sarah jane parker how do we grow our youtube channel when we don't embed youtube videos into our blog post i use the mediavine player embedding youtube videos and posts helps to grow my channel but i make more money embedding the mediavine video player 
that last one was about search. Is that what you said? They, no, 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 oh. no. She she's asking about using the player versus yeah. embedding a you. So yeah, YouTube. I mean, you you got to remember too. Mo most if if all of your let's say this, if a majority of your visits are coming to your blog through organic search, they're not looking for you. They're looking for the recipe. Unfortunately, you hope they can be tied to you in some way. That doesn't always. That doesn't always happen. Usually that shows through in video and personality and things like that on your YouTube channel. Your website can absolutely help grow your YouTube channel. But again, I I, I don't know, I can't stress it enough. They they almost they have to operate They're differently. They they just do. If you if you start having that mindset, you will be more successful. And I remember Tim used to always, always tell me that. It's just like you have to start thinking differently. You can't think of my, my blog has to grow. My YouTube has to grow. Uh, they have to be together. Everything is synced. I mean, I've even, I've even tried different things on my YouTube channel that I, I knew it's more what YouTube wants, but it doesn't necessarily go along with my blog. But I figure out how to make it work. Like one, for example, okay, one of the last videos I did a couple, I guess about a month or so ago, the five most popular salad dressings. How do I fit? How do I fit that on a blog? It sucked. I wrote five blog posts, one for each of the recipes. It but did. you know what? You created great SEO for yourself, and now they're all interlinked. Right. And I have another one coming up, and this is going to be so controversial, and I can't wait to do it. Southern-style cornbread versus sweet cake-style cornbread. So, but I wrote two blog posts. I wrote one for each. I, I start, I'm start. i now like, my blog is my baby, and I'm sure it's most of your baby, but now I'm starting to think like, how can I make YouTube very entertaining and very fun and very recipe-driven still and also work with my blog what do i have to tweak about my video to make it work for my blog instead of how do i tweak my blog to make it work for my youtube i'm, I'm starting youtube yeah. first and thinking about on my blog because my blog's pretty steady at, you know at this point as far as numbers go and i i want to grow my youtube even more because i think there's more opportunity there because the you the what no one no one gets like youtube no one does this. You you don't put out a recipe and the next day you have a million views on a page views on your recipe the next day. But it could happen on YouTube. And that's the difference. That is 100% the difference. So if you start thinking different about YouTube being a separate channel and being its own entity, you will have way more success there. I will also add to that. There are ways that you can grow your YouTube channel while embedding your videos on me using the Mediavine video player. So you're double dipping. And in effect, you're getting the money payout from the video video while putting in a a card that says, if you're interested in my videos, click here, we'll take you to my YouTube. Like th there's ways to do it. But yeah. guys, I would say that the main difference, and this is what I wanted to lead into, is length. Guys, people are not watching five minute videos on your website. They're just not. They might be watching them on YouTube. They probably are, but there's a difference in length. So if you can shoot something really great on YouTube and then edit it down to be on your blog and be a great minute, 45 second to minute long trailer for the recipe. Now you're talking. One thing that I learned that was very important for length is make it as long as it needs to be. And that can vary. Is it a three minute recipe? Is it an 18 minute recipe? As long as it needs to be to get everything across that you need to get across that shows your personality, your expertise, and what you're trying to highlight, you know, from the B-roll, whatever your hands are doing. Like I said, it could be DIY, travel, makeup, food, whatever it is. Get what you need to get across in whatever time it needs to be. Now, again, adapting it to your blog, like Jenny said, you can cut that down. I choose not to. I don't have the kind of time to go through all my B-roll to figure it out. 
and it, it's worked fine for me. You know, I think I'd much would rather have those long, you know, videos with tons of explanations. So there's no hiccups when they're making my recipe and they get it down pat. If you have a very simple recipe, hey, I'm making chocolate chip cookies. Okay, it's eight to 10 ingredients. You put it in a bowl, mix it and throw it. I don't need explanation for that. You know, it is what it Some is. Some people do. Okay, fine. Sure, fair enough. Uh, you know, so, and my niche is very focused on, you know, again, the cook who already knows how to cook. So I'm not necessarily making chocolate chip cookies. You know? Right. I'm, it's I'm, more advanced. They're steps. I'm making, yeah, I'm making that classic lasagna bolognese like it was done in Italy. Like, I, you already know how to cook. Let's let's make this how it, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Let's make this how it's supposed to be, you know? But like we're saying, there, there's no denying that you're going to make more money by embedding through the media vine player for sure but trying to grow like they're separate. they're separate do the things on youtube youtube to grow yourself on youtube that's it. um and and i think also what i'm hearing you say is that the fans are not necessarily the same oh my races. gosh no 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 i'm 75 my my demographics are 75 percent women 25 percent male on my website youtube's 50 50 right down the middle it's and the age bracket is even different. So you just, it's just a different audience. You don't like the way we blog now, we answer questions and you know, it's the personalities kind For of SEO. Out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the personality is taken out of it. All that personality that you used to have when you used to write in your blog in 2014, you can bring it back out on your YouTube channel. You know, it's your chance to be you. And it, and you know, if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, maybe you take a, you know, a different approach. There's a great cooking channel. I think it's called silent cooking. There's no voice. There's nothing. There's not even music. It's the sounds of, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful channel. And it, I mean, he's got 300 some thousand subscribers. There's a way to get around everything and grow your channel. Honestly, anything. And it and as saturated as is, there's only one of you. So there's plenty of room to make room and you to get involved and grow your channel. Okay. We have a lot of comments. I'm coming in. First okay. of all, our director of support just said, watch out, Billy. The Southerners will come for you with that cornbread. Telling that you. no lie. They do not mess around. But I did um, both, though, okay? I did no sugar and sugar. So. And did you make a value judgment on it? Or do we just They're have to wait until it gets no, released? Honestly, okay. they, they were both, I, I say what foods they would go good with, go well with. Fantastic. All right. Sherelle, who is... I hope I'm saying that right. She is the Hawaiian food blogger. She says, my yeah. blog and YouTube channel are a play on my name, keeping it rel. And I struggle with getting people to know what my blog or channel is about. Billy Parisi, did you have that when starting at first since your channel and your blog is also your name? YouTube and my blog, right? Yeah, my name is my name. I And, you know, that was a personal decision like 10 years ago. I never wanted to be 30minutemeals.com. You know, I, I'm a little bit different experience. Like I said, I went to culinary school, spent 15 years in the restaurant industry. I love to bake. I love to roll sushi. I love to grill steak. I love to smoke food. I like to make homemade pasta. So I, I never could figure out what is my blog name that I could, could do that with. But my tagline underneath cooking techniques and homemade recipes tells everyone, okay, here's what this guy does. Here's who... Here's who he is, Chef Billy Parisi, cooking techniques, homemade recipes. And I expand on that homemade recipes and cooking techniques in most of all of my videos, you know, until maybe a few months ago where I sometimes do it and I sometimes don't just for new followers. But I, I, I get the challenge. But again, it doesn't have to define you like Rachel Ray. When she came out, you know, she was Rachel Ray. That was it. But she turned into 30 minute meals. You know what I'm saying? That. Everyone knows Rachel Ray and you immediately think 30 minute meals. I want to get to the point you hear Chef Billy Parisi, you think cooking techniques and homemade recipes.
Fantastic. And part of that you said was, was having that intro on your channel where you're giving your head, you have the opportunity to literally brand yourself right there out of the gate. Yeah. And it may not be a video that gets bazillions of views. You know, it's not meant to, it's oh, not supposed to be yeah. a viral video. It's supposed to be, here's who I am. Here's who I ground myself in. Like I said, I found pictures of my grandpa in Ellis Island in the early 1900s, like his picture literally taken. I share those in there. I share how my dad met my mom in a restaurant. I share about my culinary journey. I found pictures from culinary school and how my, my like how I grew up, how I was raised transformed the way that I view food today and how it, I try to push that through in every single video. So you have to take the time of like, okay, here's my creation story. Here's what I believe. Here's who I am. And here's what I'm going to back into and hold these foundational principles. I'm going to put them into every single video. I'm going to make people know that when they see this video, here is what I believe. And people, I'm telling you, will start flocking to you. Sounds stupid. Trust no, me. It sounds it dumb. Doesn't. But I kept thinking the whole time, like, people are going to start following me now because I believe that practicing cooking techniques will make you a better cook. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. That's so stupid. And when I started saying it, it just, it just went shoo. It was amazing. And then here, just to give you an example that it worked. After seven months, I get this email from YouTube. It says, you are going to be the YouTube featured creator of the day. They put me on YouTube on the wow. homepage for 24 hours, my entire channel for 24 hours. It was awesome. I got 20,000 subscribers in one day. That's like, amazing. It, I'm telling you, when I followed all of these things, it just started taking off and it just works. It sounds good and it's steady. Everyone's looking for the quick viral hit. Like I want to be 500,000 subscribers by the end of the year. I don't grow substantial. I mean, maybe in comparison, but I'm between 12 and 16,000 subscribers every single month new, but it's been going on like that for a year. Gosh, I wish I was 30, 40,000, but it's not, but you know what? It's growth and it's steady and it is improving. That's very exciting. And it's slow and steady wins the race. Just say that. We have a question from Julie Baird. I have a quilting website with lots of tutorials on it. Those tutorials have lots of free downloads of cheat sheets, cutting cards, coloring pages, all things that are helpful if a reader wants to do whatever the page is about, make the quilt block, the quilt, or use the two technique. In turning the videos, in turning the tutorials into videos, what is the best way to have a YouTube viewer access all those goodies? Links back to the tutorial, links back to a download list or the tutorial page. What do you think? Mm. So you're so you're trying because you have so many things that coincide with that video where they can have an opportunity. So what I try to do is keep people on YouTube. So in my description, I actually write out the entire recipe in the description. So you're a little bit more specific because they can download. I think it's okay to have some of those links in there. But I would also put lengthy description as, as descriptive as you can possibly make it. It has up to 5,000 characters. And I think that's there for a reason because they want people to stay there. They want people to stay on YouTube, not bounce off. So as much as you can fit in that description, great. If you wanna add a little link like, hey, if you wanna print this on PDF, here it is. People may ask for it as well. And if you find that people are asking for specific things, include it in, in the description. Uh, I think that that's the biggest thing I've ever heard anyone say about YouTube. They want you on YouTube. They don't yeah. want you going anywhere else. And nope. they, they reward the content creators not even that they stay on not watching you. They don't care. As long as they're watching someone after they watch you, it's still you, good. You got them in and they stayed on because of you, whether it's in the middle, at the end, or at the beginning. So we've the, the cornbread discussion rages on. Uh, Rachel <laughs> Ballard says, I rank number five for Southern cornbread and I have been all but boiled in oil by total lunatics over the sugar issue. 
Fair. Oh, yeah. That's but that's but the, okay. This is why I made this video. One, I knew it would be controversial because there's so many different opinions. So on many this. feelings. And two, it made for a really cool video. Like I'm comparing these hardline. I believe sugar. I believe no sugar. This is history. This is whatever. Like why not make a video about that? And I made that video work for my blog. You won't get that personality on each of those recipe pages on my website. You'll just get the recipe and how to, and I answer questions, but I can still embed that video there because it coincides with the recipe. I, I Like I said, I've even started to take a different approach of what's my storytelling? How can I make YouTube more fun? How can I grow it quicker? And how can my blog be my blog and, and sort of just work a little bit with that? Love this. Okay, so more more Southern. We I live in the South and my mom's from the Midwest, Team Sweet Cornbread, but honestly, I rank for Carolina-style hot dogs and I get so much business about how I cut my cabbage. So many feelings. Uh, Rachel says, Kentucky girl here, we use sweet cornbread to scotch our tractor tra tractor tires. That's a That was a mouthful. Okay, Uma says, is it okay to start a channel with a local language from my region and my blog is in English? Can I connect those two? Is it worth it to try? Rev.com is a great resource to help transcribe uh, to any language. And they definitely recommend that. There's actually a new subtitle thing that they've been adding in there that YouTube wants to do. So you can translate it into as many English or as many languages as possible. I mean, even for me, the Spanish market is huge on YouTube, especially in the recipe world. I mean, it's an in Ital Italian, uh, what is it? Squisita, Squisita, Italian cuisine, Squisita. It's all in Italian. It's amazing. I want it. I don't speak Italian, but I want to watch it. So I think you're okay to start off local. Now, I would imagine that America has the most YouTube watchers and viewers. So I would certainly consider how to, you know, transcribe it into English if, or caption in English if you could. YouTube is the second biggest search engine after Google. Yep. Uh, every time I say that, I'm surprised by it, but it's still the truth. It's been the truth for a couple of years now. So we'd be remiss not to talk about SEO. Yeah. Where do you look for keywords and how can you optimize a video for search for both Google and YouTube? Yeah. So this, this is the hard, this is probably the hardest piece to making your blog work with your YouTube. Um, because things that search necessarily high in Google don't necessarily search super high in YouTube. Coleslaw doesn't rank search that high in YouTube, but it gets an incredible amount of search on Google. Yeah, that's one That's one thing that I don't know that I've solved perfectly, um, but what I will say is when you title them on YouTube, don't just make them searchable, make them clickable. Think of all those ridiculous descriptive words you want to say for SEO on Google that you can't say because it's never going to work. It could very well work on YouTube and be as descriptive as possible in your YouTube. When you're scrolling YouTube, you're not just looking at the picture. The picture does some justice, but then you're like, well, what is this? Well, this is hand. This is hands down the last baked beans recipe you're ever going to need because my grandma said so. I've seen titles like that. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to click on that. One, one is, you know, it's funny and it, in Tim's class, he shows it. It's a video of a cat like that just sits there on a desk and then it like knocks the clock off the desk. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and it's called like Jimmy the A-hole cat. It's not called watch the clat watch the cat throat or you know, knock off the knock off the clock. Like, no, it's more intriguing. Like Jimmy the A-hole cat. Like, why is this cat a jerk? Like, let's find out. So think about titling different and again. It, Things that you're like, oh my gosh, there's not a lot of competition for this search on, on Google for my blog, not a lot of search volume. What do I want to do? How do I want to make this work? And that's where sometimes I've done more than one recipe in a YouTube video so I can kind of double dip again, cornbread, there's Southern style and then there's regular, you know, there's that, 
you know, I don't want to call it northern, but I don't but know you've got but you've got sweet. the two separate recipes on your blog yeah. so that somebody right. can if they're searching for southern style cornbread, target those keywords in Google, they can click over. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So yeah, I mean that there's no perfect science to marry the two together. Um, you have to sort of just put your stake in the ground and say, I'm gonna make this because I need to fill a gap, or I'm gonna need this because I want to give some love to my blog, or I'm gonna do this because it's really popular on YouTube. I have a great shot for growing my subscriptions, but it's just gonna be okay on my blog. Do you do keyword research both places? Um, you know, I, I don't as much as I should. I use um, vidIQ, which is a resource um, that helps you with tagging, which really, honestly, YouTube's so smart. It, it knows what you're making even without any description. So it's pretty creepy. Uh, I don't know that that's super helpful, but it, it, will, it will give you some keyword research around there, the competition on there. vidIQ is good for that. I, I, I would say that's probably my go-to, but I, I actually look first to my, my blog personally because my blog is still my baby. But if I can do an entertaining something in a video that doesn't have a lot of search, maybe it has an opportunity to get a lot of search. All right, we have a question that Michaela has asked that is actually perfectly fit in with what we need to talk about next. She says, we are also food bloggers with loads of recipes on our blog. Going to start creating videos for our YouTube channel soon. What equipment should we use? I.e. cameras, phone, mic, lighting, tripods. How many cameras do I run at a time? Yeah, so I have a great course <laughs> that I'll drop in there. So um, uh, it's yeah, all that stuff is there. Okay. You can click on, I have a 75% off and it's, it's about a two hour course, hour, 45 minutes. And I talk through extensively on camera equipment, audio lighting, how to light, how to set up audio, how I shoot everything myself. I am a one camera person. I want complete control of my camera. It makes editing better. Nothing worse than setting up three cameras and then taking the time to dump all that footage, line up all the audio and then edit all that. I'd rather have my my shooting be heavy and my editing light. And I was always taught if you shoot well, editing will indeed be light. All right. So guys, this is, we're going to drop this link into the, into the comments here in a moment, because we're running low on time now, but yeah. with the code Teal Talk 75, it's 75% off Billy's teachable course. It's basically how to do solo video production. And it's all of the things it is cameras. It is audio equipment. It is how to set up. It is how to edit. It is all of the things to really make yourself your own videographer. And again, it's not $11 billion. If your expectation is that Billy's going to say it's only $20,000 to get started. He's not. No, He's not. no. And you all got to, and you have to start somewhere. You have to determine here's the budget I have. Here's the money I want to spend and just make it work for you and make it work for whatever setting you have. You know, do you have natural light? Do you need artificial? All those things. I cover off on, on just about any, everything in there. Guys, can we go ahead and drop that slide, the slide presentation in there that has the has the code and has the links and has all the stuff? Because it also has, and I wanted to show this slide as well, just in case anybody wanted to take a look at it. It does exist. I promise. These are the resources. He's been uh. talking about Tim Schmoyer's Video Labs course. We have it. Mango Street is on there. VidIQ is on there. Rev.com is converting the audio. All the links are there. We're dropping that presentation yeah. into the comments. It's easy. Yeah. And and I, literally, I cannot, I hope, I hope Tim gets a chance to see this because honestly, I cannot say it enough. I've taken YouTube courses and, and I, I, he, I think he kind of was mentored by Daryl Eves on YouTube. So he, Tim is just so good. He's so patient. He has a huge team now and it has a proven, proven 
success. And I am honestly, I can attest to it because the growth that I never thought I would get, I started to achieve. And like I said, I from the summer of 2019, when I started taking the course in June, um, I started with 4,000 subscribers. Like I said, I'll hit 220,000 now here. It's been steady, but it's been great. And it's been, it's only helped diversify income streams. And I wanted to ask you to follow up on Michaela's question. How What is like a bare minimum getting started in terms of equipment to be your own solo video production? Like what is like, a bare minimum? Uh, like as far as expense or what do you need? $2,000, do I need like $5,000, 10000 well, if you don't have a camera, that's going to, it's going to be tough. You know, most of us, I imagine shoot on SLRs that have video capabilities. So at the very least you can absolutely start there. So let's just say you have a camera. You obviously going to need a tripod. Um, you can get tripods anywhere from a hundred to, I've actually seen $20,000 tripods. So we, we're not going to go there, but you can pick up a solid tripod in between a hundred and $300. You can get great audio equipment for under $300 and you can get solid lights for under 400 bucks. So, I, I mean, that really puts you under a thousand dollars for lighting, for audio and for a tripod. And that's, that's, you know, like I, like I've said it before in the other courses, the big thing that separates, uh, uh, consumer from professional video is audio and lighting. So if you can knock down those two things and people can clearly see you and hear you, you've you've won a good battle off this off right out of the gate. And he outlines all of that in the course talking about exactly. And then we could go into, so I have a little bit more and I want to soup up a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the next level? That's mm -hmm. very helpful. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have two more questions that yeah, I want to get through before we're done. And so we might go a little bit over, but I want to, I want to hurry through these. Okay. Let's talk odds and ends, thumbnails, Titles, descriptions, tags, what makes a great clickable thumbnail? Best tips. Go. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. This has changed and evolved so much. Um, I, I, if you look at my videos and my video playlist on YouTube channel, they're like, okay, it was like that. Now it's like this. Then it's changed. Then it's changed. I even changed again a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, you have to think of what you, if you don't watch YouTube, you have to start watching YouTube because you start saying, well, why did I click on that? And you'll start to recognize and all those little things you'll start to pick out in videos that you watch. So having really descriptive titles and getting people to like click on them because they want to click on them, not just searchable, clickable, not just cheesecake, the most amazing four inch high cheesecake you've ever seen, creamy, delicious, wonderful topping, whatever. And then the picture of the most beautiful, you know, cheesecake you've ever seen or your hands holding it or your face pointing at it. I mean, there is no surefire like way that this way works. Even if you look at the most successful YouTubers, all of their thumbnails are completely different from the other ones. Some have text and in the actual thumbnail, some don't. I've had success with me being in the in the image along with my recipe. I've had success with just the image. I've had success with my hands holding the food. It. I don't know that there's a surefire way. You just have to start watching YouTube yourself and finding out what you click on. And then you have to think, well, why did I just click on it? Hit the back button, check out the picture, check out the description. How can you start incorporating some of those things into your videos? Very helpful. All right. We love wrapping up with action items always on Teal Talk. What are two to three things that we can start doing today that will help us grow our YouTube channel? And I'm going to give you a second to think about that okay. while I go down and make a couple of announcements. So we're, we're closing out on action items. Guys, season finale of Teal Talk is coming up. It is a week from today, Thursday, May 27th. I have Eric Hochberger's Mediavine CEO is coming on. Uh, we're talking Mediavine updates. We're going to do teasers 
it'll be our summer blockbuster on all the teasers and all the products, everything that's coming in the next few months for Mediavine. So don't miss that episode. Or if you do have to miss it, you can always catch the replay, of course. And then the week after that, guys, we're starting the summer of live. We dropped our, um, our June schedule. We've got an episode a week every week during the summer, except for the 4th of July. So many great topics. We're talking affiliate marketing. We're talking Pinterest. We're talking Facebook. All of the things that you want to talk about, we're talking about all of them. And we're it, June is focused on growth. We want to help you grow. So please come by the Summer of Live. We would love to have you. Now, don't also forget that we dropped Billy's slide deck in the, in the comments there. All you have to do is click on it. It has all the links from today's episode, plus the special offer. Teal Talk 75 gives you 75% off of Billy's, is it 12-part teachable course on solo video production? Without the intro, I think it's like 11. Yeah, so yeah. I count that intro. It's oh, like okay, your fine. it's like your welcome video on your YouTube channel, Billy. Fair Come enough. on. Fair Don't enough. sell yourself short. All right. Okay. Action items from the amazing Billy Parisi. Here we oh, go. Oh Lord. Okay. First of all, one, make that channel trailer. Tell people who you are, what your channel is about, and what you believe. Two, start putting what you believe into each video. Start telling people, here's what I believe. Here's how I'm gonna help you achieve what I believe, because I know you will believe it as well. And then the third thing being, oh man, lost my train of thought. Hold on. <laughs> I'm thinking too much. Oh yeah, the third thing is, okay, I'm gonna give you four. I'm gonna give you four. Okay. The th the third thing is um the third thing is go to some old YouTube videos, change the title, change the thumbnail, add some more to your description. Think about making that description and the title more um, clickable, not just searchable. Change your thumbnail out. Just try it come in closer, back out farther, whatever. It takes about seven days for YouTube to say, okay, something changed about this videos. Test, and then the fourth thing, oh, I'm gonna give you five. Uh, five or four, just get in front of camera and do it. Just start, you have to start moving, start going, and then five, test and tune. Constantly be changing, constantly be adapting, figure out what works, change it, try again. Just like seasoning, you season once, you taste twice. You taste it, season it, taste it again. Do I need more salt? You keep going. You keep changing. Billy, this has been awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And, and if anyone has any questions, I'm Chef Billy Parisi on every single platform. Feel free to shoot them my way. And you've got uh, you've got link. We've got links to Billy in the deck. So just click okay. on it. He's all linked up. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week for our finale. And thanks again to Billy. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine on Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.